0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. Well, this is our increase weekend. But we understand increase is the way of the kingdom of God. We're talking about it this weekend. But we are literally called to live a life of increase. I said we are literally called to live a life of increase. I've been away so long that you become spectators. I said we are literally called to live a life of increase. Amen. I know a whole bunch of you must be new since I was last year. But for all those that are new, remember, amen means so let it be. In other words, when a declaration is made, you can sit and listen and no one really knows if you agree or don't agree. Isn't that right? Somehow, how many somebody said something to you that you don't agree with, but you keep smiling at them like, you can finish it, I just don't agree. You just don't want to get into the argument right now. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? So when, when we don't say anything, even the angels don't know what you really believe. So if you want to register something, that's for me. God has given you a word. It's called amen. And so when you say that, the moment you do that, you register with heaven. That's for me as well. That, that I want that. Let it be done to me as you've said it in your word. Hallelujah. So God has designed you for increase. That is the truth. Psalm 115 verse 14. May the Lord give you what? Everybody shout out increase. increase. Now how is he going to give it to you? More and more. You and your children. Praise God. We just get the whole family involved here. Now, notice that scripture. Now, man didn't come up with that. That is the word of God. All scriptures given by inspiration of God for instruction, reproof, and correction. So, no man would have thought of that. This is God's idea. Say, this is God's idea. Now, notice... May the Lord give you increase. So it is God's intention to increase you, but not just to increase you. To increase you more and how much? He could have just said, may the Lord increase you. Or he could have said, the Lord increase you more. But he emphasized, the Lord increase you more and more. Now why would that be there? Because you will notice that whatever we believe, whatever happens in our lives, whatever we're doing, that you will only go so far as what you believe you are capable of. That's That's true in every area of your life. Whether you're studying for something. How many of you know that? Certain people, when they go write an exam study, they can study to whatever hours of the night. Other people stop at a certain time. Now, you get people that you'll talk to them about something and then you just notice they've zoned out. Why? You've reached their capacity and you start using language they don't get. And they're just like, come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? Some people just mention a subject and they turn off because in their mind, they never did well at school. That was where they got their F's and all of that. So I've never been a maths person or a history person or a geography Come on, you understand what I'm saying? It may be in terms of your exercise capacity. You may find that you can get to a certain distance and then you say, I'm finished. But no, there's still more in you. Oh, I don't think so. But you need a coach to say, come on, one more, do better. And And you push and you go a little further and you realize, actually, there is more in the tank. You understand what I'm saying? We all have a capacity. We all have a ceiling. And if we don't understand that, we will always think, well, that's who I am. You know, I never seem to get ahead. Now, things just don't seem to work out for me. It's like you know, nobody ever likes me. Or, or I just, or, you know, everybody else gets the lucky breaks. I don't know why I'm, everything keeps going wrong for me. I always get the wrong end of the stick. Because if we don't understand this, capacity, uh, this concept of a ceiling, we will never break through to what God has already created and intended for you to receive. And so if I say the Lord increase you, you can say, hey man, but what does that mean? Because if you get 10 rand more, well, that's an increase, isn't it? But if he says increase you more, oh, okay, so there's more than that. And then when that happens, he'll increase you more again. And as long as I don't see, that when you look at this verse, I don't see an end. I don't see a limit. And if society, uh, peer pressure, religious, bad doctrine, so many different things have influenced the way that I think. And if I don't break through that, I will never be able to get to where God wants me to be. I will never reach that concept of infinite provision. Everybody say infinite provision. See, when the Lord increases you and you go read that verse, it's still going to say the Lord increase you more and more. And so whenever happens, you may increase again. And then you increase again. And then you go read that verse, it's still going to say the Lord increase you more. So at what point? am I going to be satisfied? Well, hallelujah, I don't need any more increase because even if I get to that point that in my mind, I really don't need anything more right now. And I go read that verse. It still says the Lord will increase you more. See, already now, I'm starting to challenge something. What do you want more than what you need? Because it's not just about me. I may have everything I need. I don't need that much. I just need a simple house, a simple car, and a simple job. I, I just, as long as I'm happy. That's true. If you don't need more, there's someone down the road that does. And they don't know how to get there. But you do so god's using you as a conduit to reach those people how many know there are people that still need to hear the gospel of jesus there are people that don't know that god loves them they still need to be saved and god is using us to reach them and there's so many places that haven't yet heard the gospel of jesus if i just think in terms of what we're doing here in the in the western cape we came to plant the church in cape town Uh, And and that's what the Lord showed us. I just heard Cape Town. And then as we focused on the Lord leading us, he led us to Somerset West. And that was before Somerset was was considered part of the Cape Town uh, municipality. Today it is. But as we've grown and increased and multiplied, we could have said, well, we just need this building. Everything's paid for. The building's paid. The salaries are paid. We could just be us for and no more. You know? No, there's a whole bunch of people to reach. And then we started hearing that there are people in this town, but it's too far to get here. But they want to be part of it. And we said, well, then let's put a campus there. And so that's grown and that's increased. And then we had another campus and there's another. There's still towns that we're hearing people saying we want the Bay Christian Family Church there. We've got people around the world. We, we visited people now in the United States saying, can't we have the Bay here? And my answer is, yes, why not? Because I believe I have an increased mentality. I know there's more to do. But how do you understand to put all these different campuses, that's multiple buildings. Never mind just one building, it's multiple buildings, it's multiple provisions, it's salaries, it's it's equipment. How do you understand to do all of that is going to take a huge flow? But the Lord's already positioned you to be part of that. Hallelujah. And so God's not done, he's not finished with the increase. There are many, many more campuses to plant. Right now we're up to eight. And so that's just the beginning. I said, that's just the beginning. There's a lot more happening. Churches, Bible colleges. So the increase is not just about having that nice car and the nice house. It's about being a conduit for God to get through you to reach other people with the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. So just go ahead and agree with God. Say this, my God is increasing me more and more. Every time I increase, I'm ready for the next increase. Genesis chapter 1, this is, this is God's intention. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. That is an outstanding statement. Think about this. God literally created a duplicate of himself. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Amen. Let me write that down. No, did you get what I just said? God created a duplicate of himself. Read it, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. God created man in his own image. Say that, I have been created created. in in the image of God. Verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful Multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you herb that heals seed. Everybody say seed. Seed. Which is on the face of the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Now, if you have a page Bible you're writing notes in your Bible just there underline food and write there provision everybody say provision Provision. God never intended for provision to be a weight on your shoulders let that sink in God never intended your provision, to be a weight on your shoulders. He said he created man in his image, just like him. Gives him dominion over all creation. And then the moment he's been given dominion, he gives him provision. He gives him provision. Everybody say provision. But you notice the provision wasn't there's a pile of food for you. Enjoy your food for today, and tomorrow I'm going to put another pile there. And now don't you ever worry, that pile of food will never run out. He didn't do that. He said, I've created you, I've made all of creation for your dominion, for you to live in, for you to enjoy, for you to control, and I've given you all the provision you need within that system. Now, here's how you're going to generate that income. And he gives him seed. Notice he gives him seed for provision. Say that. God has given me everything I need. He's given it to me in seed. That makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if you had to take a lifetime of a person. And figure out how much food they need and how much money they need. And for you to survive, God would have to give it all to you. And you put it away in banks and in storage containers and in freezers. You're going to probably need a warehouse the size of a city just to live on. No, God doesn't do that. He knows you need provision every day. But he doesn't give it to you 10 years in advance. Or even a year in advance. Or even a month in advance. He gives you your provision every single day, but it comes to you as harvests off of seed that you plant. Everything you've ever received in your life has come from a seed. Everything begins as a seed in the kingdom of God. Say that everything in the kingdom of God begins... As a seed. So we have here a promise from God, a covenant of increase. Look at Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great Nation, not religion. I'm going to make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. Now listen to this. And you shall be a blessing. Say this. God's great desire is to bless me. But not just to bless me. To bless those that are around me. How many of you want to live a life of being a blessing? Well, you cannot be a blessing unless you've first been blessed. How do you give unless you've already received something to give? Uh, you, You don't even have an opinion until you've got some input. Isn't that right? You didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, one plus one equals two. No, someone taught that to you. That was implanted. I said that was implanted. The Word of God, in fact, says there's no new thought under the sun. So even when we come up with a brand new invention, someone says, oh, I invented this. No, you just took a bunch of information, reprocessed it, saw a need, and thought how I can use that technology, this technology to make that happen. Nothing was invented. We go, wow, we have never seen anything like that ever before. Even when you look at the telephone today, for an example, you got your little gadget there in your hand. That's telephone, computer, your video screen, it's a video camera, it's a beatbox, jukebox, it's a radio, it's a, a, a camera, it's an album, it's a diary, it's a come on, you, you put all those things 20, 30, 40 years ago on the platform you had full the platform. And you're holding it in your hand. Isn't that right? Now, if you could somehow get that back to Alexander Graham Bell and say, look at this. And you're like, what is that? It's a telephone. Ah, telephone's one of these things with a wire. Isn't that right? But it's the, te- it's the same concept. But what happens is it began with a seed. That first phone had to be brought in. And when it's brought in, it's still using technology that was already used in nature. Whales talk to each other miles away. Using sonar and you know, sound through water. Are you getting this? It's nothing new, but it begins with a seed. God needs to bring it into the earth, bring it into your life, and He does it through seed principle. So He says, I want to bless you, but the purpose is to bless this world, to bless this earth. Think about this if God's only desire was for you to be in heaven, the Good sense to do with that knowledge is the moment you give your life to Jesus is take you to heaven. Then there's no possibility of backsliding. You're taken out of all evil, all temptation, and you never have to think about it again. Let me just get you saved and pack you away. Next. No, you saved so that now you're an ambassador of the kingdom of God in the earth to be a seed into someone else's life. You're still on this planet because someone else needs to get saved. Oh Come on, you got to get that. I said, you still alive. The fact that you're here, born again, a child of God, is because there's somebody more to reach. It's not just so you can have a nice life and marry and have children and live a wonderful life on the planet. And one day, you know, go to sleep and go to heaven. No, no. We can enjoy life along the way. But our purpose and our vision, the reason we are here is to reach our neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I get a bigger amen? So he has been blessed so that God can be a blessing in other people's lives. And he says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In other words, you can either get involved with us. And then it will work for you as well. Or you can speak against it, turn against it, try and stop it. And God says, if you do that, I will stop them. In other words, when you come against the gospel of Jesus, you're not coming against Alan Bag. What I teach from this platform, if anybody says anything against it, it's not me they're coming against. I had reconciled that in my mind long ago. He says, I don't agree with what you preach. Okay, go talk to the author. I, don't, I really don't need anyone to agree with Alan back. Besides, I've died in Christ. No longer I live, I live in Him. That's why it's important, whatever I teach, I will always, anyone can challenge me at any time. I'm going to go back to it is written. I stay away from my opinions, I stay with what God said. How many say amen to that? So, what am I saying? Is that this concept, and we're talking now in context. Of our covenant of increase, someone says, "I don't agree with that. I just don't see that." Well, you don't have to, but then don't wait around thinking it's going to happen for you. If you want this, you need to get involved with it. A family is something we need to learn to stop apologizing for. Amen. I read a message the other day. It was uh, an article. It was written by. A pastor, I won't mention names. And this person was writing and they were talking about the concept of generosity and how it's part of the Christian life. And then he said there's different reasons for it and you can help other people and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets down to the concept of being generous because when you give, you can also trust God to provide for you. And then in brackets he says, I'm not a prosperity teacher. I'm going, but what are you talking about? It's, it's like we're so nervous, of being been seen as a, 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 you know, you're not a health and wealth preacher. Hang on, by Jesus' stripes you've been healed, yes, and does he give you power to get well? See, I'm not nervous around that, it's not like it's a, it's a, it's a negative label. The enemies worked hard to make it sound negative, but as long as we got that in our back mind, and we're on our back foot about it, I, I still believe it's the word, but I'm not one of those preachers. Well, what are you doing then? Why write the article? Why preach it? But I've learned that no one can believe unless they have heard, Paul said. And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will the preacher preach unless he is sent? And I've been sent by God into your life. And I will not apologize back down because as long as I'm okay and never tell you about it, that would be selfish. I don't need to preach this to anyone to live this way. I lived this way before I started preaching it. I'm here to tell you what you need to hear so that you can grow up and get into these things. Many of you have already done that, but I'm yet once again to stir up that faith. How many of you are ready to receive that? Amen. So it's time to be involved with this and allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. Now, this same Abraham, verse 9, Abraham journeyed going on still toward the south, and there was a famine. Everybody say famine. And Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there, and the famine was severe in the land. Now, you know what happened if you've studied the word. At that point, uh, they went into Egypt, and his wife was beautiful. And he thought, you know, he'd have trouble if they thought his wife, so he told her, Tell her, you're my sister. And uh, Pharaoh started eyeing her. And because he liked her, he kept giving Abram stuff. He was blessing the man. And eventually, God got a hold of him and he said, Hang hey, on, that's another man's woman. And when Pharaoh found that, and said, what are you doing? I could have made a mistake here, slept with another man's wife. Thank God he hadn't gone ahead with it. So Abram said, well, I thought we'd be in trouble. So he said, well, just go now. But watch everything that he amassed while he was there. He, God made it so that he could get that. And then it says in verse 1 of chapter 13, Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him to the south. Verse 2, Abram was... What? Very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Now notice this. Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, lot with him, notice, is increased more and more him and all the family. Hallelujah. Now, how you know in that account, there was a famine, he went down to Egypt, this thing with his wife, And then Pharaoh says, go. The Bible could have just said, and Abraham went. Why would he put in there verse 2, he was very rich? Family of God, understand this, that God's intention is for you to be provided for. Richly. Everybody say, richly provided for. It's written into the word so that you would know. The enemy has tried to talk the church out of this, even though the church needs what it needs. Even those that don't want to talk about it, still talk about it, in a way. But family God, here's the truth. God wants you to be aware that when you're involved with him, you're going to be rich. Do I need to say, say amen every time? Look at chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not be afraid. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Remember, the Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. Abraham was aware that he should have a child. He knew his wealth wasn't just for his lifetime, but for generations. He wasn't just going to live and barely get by and die and leave nothing to anybody. He had already set up, even though he didn't have his own child, he already had set up Eliezer so that he has somebody to impart this through. In other words, Abraham understood wealth is generational. Say that, wealth is generational. Verse 3, then Abraham said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. See, God's going to honor his word. The Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven. Count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And so he believed in the Lord and God accounted it to Abraham for righteousness. Now, why would God at the moment Abraham says, look, I understand wealth should be generational. I don't have anyone from my own loins. And God says, I've told you, I'm going to bless you and your family. But Abram had reached the ceiling. What is that? One, age. Two, Sarah was barren. There was a lot of things against him having children. So God takes him outside and says, now look at the heaven. Go ahead and count the stars. I can just imagine Abram going (laughs) really... And then God says, your children will outnumber. Now, why is God doing that? Why did God take him to go and look at the stars? Because God understands you will never believe beyond what your mind can conceive. You will never believe beyond what your mind can conceive. 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health. Yeah. Now, family God, if a man says, I pray. Didn't some people, when they, they, they look at that verse, they say, oh, no, that was just a greeting in a letter. Like, you know, you say, dear John, I trust you are well. That's, what, that's not what was written here. Yeah, because he said, I pray. Pray does not happen except by faith. Faith comes by? Hearing. hearing. Hearing by the? So you cannot pray something that's not in the word. Beloved, I pray that you? Say that's God's idea. He's saying, I want you to prosper and be in? Oh, oh! so now we've got wealth and health in one verse. Just by the way. So I pray that you Prosper. Now, prosper, people may argue, well, wealth isn't just money. I totally agree with you. It has to do with every resource that you have. Every resource. Every resource. That's relationships. It's the businesses you have, the investments, the people around you, the family, the ministry you're in. That's all your wealth. All of it. But there is a portion of it that is finances as well. So don't just put that in brackets at the end. It's part of everything else as important. So, brother, I pray that you prosper in in all these areas, in every area, and be in health. Notice, just as your soul prospers. What's the soul? That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your mind, your thinking, the the area of your awareness. So the spirit is who you are. That's your person. This physical body is not your person. Uh, You recognize me because I'm using this as my vehicle on the planet. But when I'm done on this planet, I'll step out of it and fall over. battery's gone now. You have to put it in the ground or something. Are you with me? But the man is still alive. So you don't have to grieve and sigh. I know you're going to miss me and all that, but we'll be again together. I said we'll see each other again. I've just... You know, when I was away for five weeks, did anybody cry? No, you it's coming back. So when I step out this body, I'll be not in the United States. I'll be in the United Heavens. Amen. I'm in, I'm in heaven, the kingdom of God. And so the day will come that you will also immigrate. So we we'll all be together again are you getting what i'm saying so that's the physical body that i live in the spirit man is who i am that's that's the person so the spirit lives in the body and then that spirit has a soul that's your mind that that's what's determining how you think how you feel your decision making ability and everything that happens in your life is controlled by that soul realm so say that i am a spirit i have a soul i live in a body my soul My mind, my will, my emotions, my intellect. Now that soul, that mind, that intellect controls you. Eighty percent of what you do, you do subconsciously without thinking about it. Without even thinking about it. So God has to work on programming the mind. Has to work on how you're going to look at things. Now, notice, if it's the Lord's desire to increase you more and more, why doesn't He just go ahead and do that? Why doesn't He just dump everything in you? There you go. Now now you got it. There you go. It's my will for everybody. There you got it. Well, how many know it's God's desire that none should perish, that all should come to the knowledge of the Father? That all should be born again. God so loved the world that he gave his son. Whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. Why does he leave that? If your salvation is saved, why does he just go ahead and save everybody? Because at the end of the day, you still have a mind. You still have a will. God has given you the ability to make your own decision. That's why I put the tree in the Garden of Eden. That dangerous tree. Hello, if that tree is so dangerous... Adam, the day you eat it, you'll die. Not only did Adam die, he broke the whole system. I mean, the whole of creation was destroyed, and many of us today, we've still been struggling under that thing. That, that's one hectically dangerous tree. So, if it's that dangerous, how many of you got toddlers? You got, well, well children. Let me see. You got children? They were toddlers. Okay. <laughs> you got children? They were toddlers. Would you buy a handgun? And then load it with ammunition, cock it, make sure there's a live round in the chamber, leave it off safety, and then put it on the coffee table and say, now, don't touch that. <laughs> Come here. Yeah? Daddy's saying, the day you pick that thing up, you kill yourself. So don't touch it. Don't take that gun. Leave it on the table. And then walk out the room. How many of you know toddlers? Toddlers. There's nothing else in the room right now but that gun. Isn't that right? That would be called child abuse. So why would this loving father take this amazingly dangerous tree and leave it in the garden? And then say, don't eat from it. See, family, here's the thing. Obedience is never proved. Proved. Until you're faced with the alternative. There's power in the will. Decision making. I'm submitted to you pastor. Really? Let's wait for the day we disagree. Not when everything's hallelujah. Yes, amen. He's the best pastor. You gotta go. What happens the day I say something that they don't agree with? Submission is not proved until there's disagreement. Obedience is not obedience until you're faced with an alternative. God had all knowledge of good and evil. He's saying, I am your source. You stay with me, you blessed. The day you go for another system, you'll find out that blessing didn't work. You're in a cursed place. But it had to be there for Adam to make that decision. And the moment he made the decision to go alternatively, the curse kicked in. Every day he chose God, he was blessed. Every day he honored God, all the provision was there. Every day he honored God, the blessing was at work. It was a constant decision-making reason. Here's the thing. I could take you today. And I could take you out of generosity and give you the biggest house, the nicest car, all the money you can imagine. And I can keep you, now I'm gonna stop saying you because I don't want to accuse you of anything. Because someone says, not me. I'm just helping you think through a thought here. I can take somebody into that place and as long as I'm providing and I'm making sure and I'm investing right for them and I'm looking after them, they, will, they may do okay, but the day I walk away and leave that person to themselves, they will snap right back just as quick as you pull an elastic band and let it go. It'll go right back to its original place of comfort. In, in every one of us is a place of comfort and we can be challenged beyond that comfort zone and we're okay for a while. We can stay out there for a while. How you know you can do something for a while? You start training, you can do it for a while. It's when all the pain kicks in and you're tired and you can't get out of bed the next morning and you, do I really need this? Do I really want to go? Now we find out how much you really want this because if there's no one encouraging you, pushing you ahead and you don't have it within you and you don't have that mindset changed yet, if you still think, well, it's not really that important, I'm okay. Are you with me? You have to be willing to go beyond what your mind thinks you're capable of. Because if you don't, you will find the moment that pressure is removed, whether it's through you or an external source, you will go back to your place of comfort. You'll get rid of that wealth as quick as possible without even realizing it subconsciously. You'll always snap back. Where to? Where to? Where you are today. So if I asked you now, how many of you want to increase? Now I did ask you last year. Some of you have joined in the year. Now I have to ask this question. If you're in the same place last year as you are today, I would say your elastic band has gone. You've done this through the year. But you've never gone, you never renewed your mind to get a bigger elastic band. Now, I use the word you because we're all in the, I put me in there as well. If I want to increase this year, I'm going to have to expand the way I thought last year. Because otherwise, I'm going to stay whatever level I am today. If I don't work on my increased capacity, then I will stay right here. There will be moments I'll burst and they will go right back to where you were. And then you'll have another moment of blessing and you'll go back to where you were. The only way I'm going to get out here is and say, Lord, you said increase More. And then someone will moan, yeah, but he's got too much. And then did you see where he lives? And yeah, did you the other And then you did. No, not too hard. Lord, you said. You said you would bless me. Don't worry about those who are too afraid to move ahead. Amen. Amen. Because you'll always go back to what your inner man believes. You can sit here and say, "Amen, I'm a millionaire. Hallelujah. Do you see yourself as a millionaire? Do you not only see yourself, do you believe it? Do you actually believe it? Because if you really believe that, millionaires do things differently to other people. Why? That's what made them a millionaire. And listen, here's the thing. Don't let anyone ever tell you. The only person that can stop you from doing anything is you. The moment somebody, someone asked me do you believe all Christians can be millionaires? See the moment you ask that question means you don't think so. What's wrong with that? Well not everyone can be a millionaire. I understand because not everyone knows how to renew their mind but if you take one individual and that person chooses to renew their mind, then they, no one can stop it. It's not like you do everything you know to do with the Word of God, everything you know to do to invest, everything you know to do, and still not be a millionaire. That's impossible. You do it right, you get the result. Amen? So here's the thing. If everything I've said to you is encouraging you, how many you want to see your life change tomorrow? Yeah. How many you want to see your life change over the next year? You can start today. Tonight. Don't miss tonight. Otherwise, if you put your hand up, you're going to be here. That's right. Amen. 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 It amazes me. I say, how many of you want this? The hand goes up, then I look for them in the evening. <laughs> yeah, but we're watching online. Hmm. You've heard that one, amen? Let me say this, for all those that are watching online, even, that's why we have campuses. I mean, you realize campus, you can put it online? No, there's a gathering together. There's a corporate anointing. Now, if you're not able to be in a building, that's why we have the online service. But if you're listening to someone showering, you don't get wet. You have to be in the shower. Isn't that right? On the day of Pentecost, who got filled with the Spirit? Those in the upper room. Others got saved from their word after that. Now, the point I'm making is we need to start working on expanding, even if we've done it before. Amen. See, when I train CrossFit, there's a competition coming up. I don't say, I can just do this. I, don't, I just sit back. It's Christmas now. I can relax and just enjoy food and just don't do nothing because I trained last year. You have to do it again. You have to do the basics again. You have to do what you've done before again. Amen. Have you want to increase more and more? It's, we have to do it again. That's why we have these times of the year. So that I can once again get into the place of the Word of God and expand. Why? Because I recognize where I am today, I don't want to be your next year again. Uh, if I look at my life today, it has expanded since last year. Because I'm continuously pushing myself to increase more and more. I'm renewing my mind to these things. Hallelujah. You get something this morning? Come on, let's give Jesus praise for His Word.